Hello and welcome to the Deep Pockets and Stilettos podcast. I'm your host, Lorianne, and my goal is to help women feel empowered and in control of their financial lives. On this podcast, we discuss concrete advice on how to move forward in your financial journey, whether you are already advanced or starting from scratch. And we also dive into mindset shifts around money that are critical for financial success. So if you want to take charge of your finances and feel inspired and empowered, go ahead and give it a listen. Welcome back to the Deep Pockets and Stilettos podcast. Today, I have an episode for you about how to ask for a raise. I think this episode is very timely given the economic situation and that we're hearing about a lot of layoffs and companies laying off huge portions of their workforce. And actually, I think it's prompting a lot of people who are considering to make a move to actually stay put. So some of you maybe realized that given the industry you work in or the sector you work in, it was not a good time to make a move. And so now you think you are falling short on your money goals. So first of all, there's always hope. There's always something you can do in your situations. And actually, the ability to adapt on your financial journey is very important because your conditions are always going to evolve in life and you're not going to be in control of external conditions. And so in that case, you need to take a look at what's in your control. And this is true whether you wanted to switch jobs or not. In episode one, we had discussed how important it is for you to spend less than what you earn in order for you to advance in your financial journey. And so in that case, lowering your spending, if you are not able to make a career move and get a better salary, might help you unlock more money to allocate to your financial goals every month. The thing is, there is a limit to what you can save and how much you can shrink your spending to free up some money for your financial goals. And you wouldn't want to make yourself miserable in the process. So the next best thing you can do is actually to focus on earning more because there are no limits to what you can earn. And in that case, I would just go to the low hanging fruit before starting to think about a side hustle, creating a business, uh, getting a second job. Instead, I would just focus on the money you are currently making, no matter what your occupation is, and ask myself, how can I multiply that money? How can I increase that amount of money that is already incoming in my bank account? And in most cases, the best way to do this is to ask for a raise. And I know that asking for a raise can be extremely intimidating and hard to navigate depending on your personal situation. Thankfully, that's what today's episode will cover. We'll get into what to do to prepare yourself when asking for a raise, what concrete steps to take, and negotiation tips that can help you tip the scales in your favor. So first, there are things you have to do to prepare yourself to ask for a raise. The first thing you're going to do is think of money management as a lifestyle that goes into every aspect of your life. In order to grow your money, you have to invest money early, frequently, and as much as you can. And a surefire way to lend into that last aspect is to get a raise. 
Unfortunately, bosses don't walk around the office offering raises to whoever raises their hand. You gotta work for it. The first part of this episode is going to be about how to prepare to ask for a raise. Preparation is key. If you watch the show Genie and Georgia, the main character has a quote that is surprisingly insightful, and that is, a woman ill-prepared is set up for failure. We want to set you up for success instead. And the first step you're going to take to set you up for success is to build your case. I want you to think about yourself as a company and you as the CEO. And the product of this company is what you do for work every day. Now, you'd like to pass on a price increase to your customers. In that case, your customers are your employer. Are you just going to increase your price like this without warning or justification? No, you're going to back your claim for a higher price. So the first thing you're going to have to do if you want to raise is build your case. Why would you deserve a raise? But more specifically, ask yourself the question, why would I deserve a raise according to my boss? Put yourself in your boss's shoes. And generally, the only reason why you would deserve a raise in your employer's or your boss's eyes is because you bring more value to the organization. And no one is capable to track the value you bring better than you. So this brings me to my next point. And that is that tracking is extremely important in order for you to build a case to ask for a raise. Start simple, list all of your responsibilities plus the extra work you have taken on. You need to show concretely and if possible with numbers how you have helped the company's bottom line. Track the projects you are working on in terms of your individual contribution. What have you done personally to get this over the line? How has the team or the company benefited from your work? Think like your boss. They want to know what's in it for them. And it does not need to be complicated. A tool I suggest for you to use to do this is to create an Excel spreadsheet or Google Sheet with just three columns. On the first one, you're going to list all of your projects or the things you're working on. On the second, exactly what you do or what you did for each project, which deliverables you worked on, what roles you took on. And then in the third, you're going to write down the results you brought and your wins and use numbers when possible to make it tangible. And it's actually important to do this even if you don't want to ask for a raise right now. And the reason for this is that it's so easy to get absorbed in the day-to-day -day of your work and your daily tasks. And then for other things you do or successes or wins to get totally unnoticed because no one actually reported on them or bothered to have a written track record. So it's actually really important to record them in real time because maybe you don't want to ask for a raise right now, but when the day comes, you'll be happy that your homework has already been done for you and you won't have to dig through things that is a year old or like 18 months old to find a win that happened like on that project. You'll be so happy that you have done this for yourself. And then also, it's very important because 
when you're going to be looking for a new job, if you want to switch jobs, and it's going to be time to update your resume or your LinkedIn profile, you'll already have a written track record of your wins and your successes at your current job. So that part of the work will already be done for you. And I would consider that as a bothersome, I'll give you that, but very necessary part of your job. It's like maintenance. You know, we maintain our lifestyle. We maintain a lot of things in our lives, like our looks, our houses, you know, our friendships, everything. And we put a lot of effort into it, you know. So if we bother to go to the hairdresser, you know, I don't know, every quarter, once a year, every month, no matter the frequency, Why can't we bother to do the same for our careers? Really, the growth and the success in our career happens outside of our responsibilities. Our career management happens outside of our job responsibilities. So if we're able to put the effort to maintain that in other parts of our life, I don't know why we wouldn't be able to do this in our career. It's about communicating our worth often and keeping a track record of how we win at work is a very important way to do that. And I know it may sound extremely bothersome and tedious to not only do your job and then report and write down somewhere else how you did that job and what you did exactly to do that job. However, I think I would consider it as a maintenance and growth potential part of my career. And something that I have realized in the recent years is that actually my career and how it's going to go actually happens outside my job responsibilities. My job responsibilities are important, sure, but it's only the tip of the iceberg. The bulk of the iceberg is actually how I communicate about my work and how often I communicate my worth to my boss, to the organization, to my team. And to that extent, keeping a written track record of your wins and your successes is the cornerstone of career management. So once you've built your case and you were introspective about why you deserve a raise and you linked it concretely to your company's or your boss's interest and you've written down all your wins and your successes, it's time to look for external weapons that you can use to get a raise. And by that, I mean doing your research to gauge whether you are paid fairly or not for the job you're doing. So what you're going to do is you're going to list all of your duties and find jobs with similar duties. Are you being paid the same amount to those jobs in your market? It will help you get a better understanding of your value on the job market you operate in. And it might actually give you a boost in confidence if you notice that you are slightly underpaid because it means there is room for you to negotiate. And the entire goal of this research is for you to find the range for your desired salary increase. And it is very important that the range you announce is higher than what you want because this is a negotiation and most likely your boss will negotiate you down. There's also a possibility that you discover through this research that you are paid at fair value or even over market. In this case, you need to think about other ways to earn more. And 
one of these ways is actually to increase your responsibilities to move up to the pay scale. So it might be better for you to set yourself up for a promotion instead of asking for a raise to maximize your potential earnings. And of course, this is very dependent on your personal situation because, you know, some people do the same job as others and are paid twice as much, right? So there's always room for error. It's not a perfect science. Salaries is definitely not a science. However, I think that if your research returns um, in that you've looked at, you know, 10 job offers and you are consistently paid more than jobs that are similar to yours, maybe it's a good indication that asking for a promotion would be better instead. And the third thing you can do to prepare yourself to ask for a raise is to do active listening constantly at work. And it also be, can be helpful for your career in general. And what I mean by that is to keep your ears constantly open for what your boss has to say in terms of company's objectives, company's direction, uh, company's priorities. And you know, because sometimes your boss is not going to come to you and say, okay, the company's priority right now is X, Y, and Z. Sometimes you kind of have to like look for clues yourself and draw the conclusion yourself and never overlook a piece of information because it cannot serve you right this second. It might become helpful later on. And I would do active listening at all times. So that means in meetings that are not necessarily related to company strategy at my one-on-one -on -one with my boss in informal interactions. And I would watch out for things that are said kind of off the cusp that can help me better understand where the company is at and where the company is heading. And what this can do for you in the context of asking for a raise is that you can very much align what you do for work and what you're willing to do with where the company is headed. And that's great because it shows that you understand the strategy of the company and that you're an asset for the company and therefore you deserve a raise because you're willing to put in the work to help the company achieve their objectives that you have very thoroughly understood. So now let's move on to the second part of this episode and that is the concrete steps to take once you are prepared. To ask for the raise. So you've done all of your prep work and you know this work can take weeks or months. Don't rush it. And then when you're ready, you're going to book a meeting with your boss. And the purpose of this meeting needs to be very clear to your boss. You need to be clear and transparent about your intentions. The goal is not to blindside your boss as it will only decrease your chances to get what you want. So this could look like something where you ask verbally at a meeting with your boss, hey boss, I would like to rediscuss my compensation with you. When would be a good time for you in the coming weeks to discuss this? Or you can also ask that via email or wherever like you communicate with your boss. And the goal here is to make it easy for your boss to say yes, not only to the meeting and to hear you out, but also to your raise. So read the room. If you are in the middle of P 
peak season in your industry and your boss is slammed at work, then it's not the best time. You need to wait for somewhere where your boss will be willing to hear you out fairly. And chances are, if there's so much work on his plate or her plate, your raise is going to be the bottom priority on their list. So first of all, read the room. And then if you think it's the right time and you've been able to book the meeting with your boss, then the next thing you're going to do is to rehearse and practice. Once the meeting is set, you need to be able to communicate clearly and concisely. You need to write down exactly your points and why you think you deserve a race, almost like a script. You don't want to leave it to chance because your bosses, you know, might intimidate you or might ask you a question that will throw you off your game. So you need to back yourself up. You can't walk into the meeting, even with the prep work done, but not having prepped what you're going to say. So now let's get into a few quick negotiation tips that can help you win this negotiation with your boss to get a positive outcome. So the first thing you're going to do is that you're going to start by finding common ground. Win a few yeses at the beginning of the conversation to start on a positive tone. If you start with a no or something you're in disagreement with, it will be very hard to end with a yes and to overcome the first like disagreement you had. So it's important to start the conversation with things you mutually agree on. It can be any topic really. It can be work related, a project you work on, a you know, point of view on the industry you operate in that you know your boss shares with you uh, or even something not work related. The only goal of this first thing is that when you enter the conversation and you have, you know, this kind of chit chat before you get into the main topic is to find common ground because psychologically common ground helps us relate to other human beings. Whereas if you start like going in with, oh, I want to raise, maybe your boss does not want to give you a raise. So it will create this um first layer of disagreement and something negative that then will kind of taint the entire conversation going forward. So the first negotiation tip is to find common ground when you enter the conversation. Now, the second negotiation tip is to lead with appreciation and confidence to build trust. Trust is key in order to win a negotiation. If there is no trust between you and your boss or the person you're asking for a raise, this person will not be likely to give you what you want. So it's really, really important to lay a good basis of trust before getting into the nitty gritty of the conversation. To build trust, let's start with appreciation. You can act on three points here to convey your appreciation to your boss. First, thank your boss for their time. Thank you for taking the time to meet with me. I know you're very busy. I appreciate it. Just show that you respect the other person's time and that you are considerate to their schedule. Then show an understanding of the company's global objectives and how your work aligns with them. Put yourself in your boss's shoes. What are they doing for the company and how are they contributing? 
Most importantly, what would they like to have a team member say to them? For instance, this could be something like, for the past two years, I have been in the team doing X, Y, and Z. I have seen us grow and become key contributors in the company's new endeavors. And it's been very positive and motivating. And what that basically tells to your boss is that, one, you understand the company's objectives. Two, how you work helps achieve those objectives. And three, that it's thanks to your boss's work for managing the team you're on that you are aligning your work directly with the company's objectives. And overall, this is a very positive and appreciative message. And I think any boss would be super happy to hear one of their team members say that to them. And the last layer of appreciation is to get the message across that you love working here and you intend to stay, which is music to the ears of most bosses. Communicate your commitment to the company and the career growth you envision at this company. Show that you're in it for the long term and that you're not going to leave. And I think this last piece really goes a long way because most managers, or at least good managers, are concerned about Uh, their team members' retention. They want them to stay and they want them to, you know, evolve within the company. So that should definitely hit the spot with your manager. And then for the confidence piece, I would avoid any emotional language, Uh, you know, frustration, um, demotivating, you know, stuff like that, that is negative and emotional and because it's not going to get you what you want. And I would also avoid semi-assertive phrases such as, I think, I believe, these do not strike confidence. Instead, focus on facts and contributions. What did you do concretely to help the company? Then another crucial negotiation tip that I mentioned earlier in the episode is to give a higher number or a higher range than what you truly want because your boss will negotiate you down or if you choose to go with a range, they will choose the lower end of that range. In that case, you're almost guaranteed to always win because even if your boss goes with the lower number, it will still be a number that's higher than what you were okay with in the first place. And the last tip can be actually applicable whether your boss said yes to the raise or no to your raise. And that is to close with a question to ask about your future prospects at the company. And that is because your boss has more to do with your future and your career advancement than your responsibilities, your job title, or even your company. So getting his opinion on the future for you here is very important. If your boss said yes to your raise, um, you know, it's a very good indication that he does or she does value and appreciate you, which is fantastic. And this last piece of information about your future prospects can only help motivate you or give you more clarity about your career prospects. And, you know, once you have a direction, it's way easier to navigate. So it can only be positive to get that additional piece of information after getting a yes for your raise. Now, if your boss said no to your raise, it's crucial for you to get that additional piece of information because their answer will be very telling. 
Because in order to be promoted and move up the ranks at a company, you must be valued and appreciated. And if your boss doesn't have anything to say about your future prospect or doesn't want to give you a raise or really has no project for you at this company, then this is your signal that you need to leave because obviously you're not valued or appreciated. So it's only going to harm your career progress to stay. So no matter the outcome of the conversation, it's a win because you will have more information about where your career is going and knowledge is power. And I understand that if you realize that you have no project at the company, your ego might take a hit. But you know what? Do not let it define you. You can't be a perfect match with every company, with every boss. It does not define your value. It's exactly the same as you cannot marry every person you date. Think about Uh, companies and careers as dating as well. Sometimes it's going to be heaven and sometimes it's going to be just okay. And that's fine as long as you know and you make the moves to keep your career moving according to your ambitions and not the ambitions that the previous company had for you. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope I was able to give you tools for the next time you want to ask for a raise or for career management in general. I will see you next week with a new episode. And in the meantime, if you like the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. It really goes a long way in helping the show to be discovered by new listeners. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to rate and leave a review. It's the best way to help the podcast grow and get discovered by other women like you that are looking to take their financial game to the next level. Also, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episode. I'll see you next time. And in the meantime, remember, take action to materialize the life you want. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as financial, legal, and tax advice. I am not an attorney, accountant, or financial advisor, nor am I holding myself out to be. And the information contained here is not a substitute for financial advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. 